How do you measure the success of your employer brand efforts? Maybe you just notice more smiles on people's faces, so you feel like your work is justified. Or maybe you are on best places to work lists and feel awarded for your hard work. Well, we prefer the hard numbers. The Employer Brand Index helps you calculate the return on investment of your employer brand and in turn validates the work you are doing to your organization. Having a great employer brand means you have to offer a great candidate experience, employee experience, and even alumni experience. When you use insights from our Employer Brand Index, you can take action and move the needle. Want to know more? Just get in touch. Go to employerbrandindex.co. Hey, son, Savason, it's Jorgen Sundberg here with the Employer Branding Podcast, brought to you by your friends here at Link Humans. And our mission is only to make the world of work a better place. Yeah. Today, we are going to listen back to a session I hosted at the Employer Branding Strategies Conference a couple of months ago. It uh, was together with American biotech company, a client of ours actually, and we're going to chat about employer brand positioning, activation, and measurement. So lots to learn today. Let's start the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to uh, this session where we're going to talk about the ROI of employer brand, showcasing employer brand success to leadership. And with me today, I have Kenzie, how are you doing, Kenzie? Hi, Jurgen. I'm doing well. Thank you. So, first of all, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience, uh, what you do, and uh, uh, what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, sure. I'm the Global Senior uh, Manager of Employer Brand and Talent Attraction at Tomo Fisher Scientific. I'm actually based remotely in London, but I look after all our channels, employer brand, recruitment marketing activities from, from a global perspective. Um, so that's my role in, in a nutshell, short, short and snappy. Today, we're going to cover a bit more about, you know, Tomo Fisher's employer brand strategy and go into how we measure ROI and prove that and show those information to leadership as well as the current maturity as it pertains to employer brand and, you know, future um, goals, aspirations, and just in general from a measurement of employer brand. Absolutely. Yeah, so lots to, to pack into this session. And if you have uh, any questions, feel free to drop them in the uh, the chat. And uh, also we'll do a Q&A at the end. Um, so let's start out uh, with uh, Thermo Fisher Scientific. So uh, what's the company? What what industry are you in uh, and how big is the, the company? Yeah, so we consider ourselves a science company. Um, and I know that's quite a broad statement, so I'll try yeah. to explain in a bit more detail. So we really were leading in serving science. We have approximately uh, 150,000 colleagues uh, globally uh, across over 50 or 60 countries um, with upwards of 600 sites and locations. So what we do is um, we work with pharmaceutical, clinical research, licenses, uh, biotech, the full ecosystem from, from that standpoint. Um, and we work with them to help improve patient care, uh, global climate protection, keeping people safe, etc. And what that means in real terms is we work on either raw materials or products and services um, in various spaces, be it cancer research, be it COVID testing, be it diagnostic testing. So in general, we, we have over a million products and services. So I, I'm, I myself 
unable to name every single one of them, <laughs> but we, we sort of um, work with all players. So in the life sciences, pharma, clinical research and biotech space. So we consider ourselves a, a science company, but essentially we our mission is to enable our customers to make the world healthier, cleaner and safer. And we do that by working with our customers who work in the different spaces that I've mentioned. So for example, one of the instruments uh, we produce is used to measure global warming and climate change. As an example, one of our recently produced tests that we released in the US, it's helped to diagnose and sort of uncover preeclampsia in terms of you know that issue with women and pregnancy. So it, it's far wide ranging from healthcare, med tech, all different spaces. So from supplying uh, poly service in particular markets, let's say in France or the US with equipment to do uh, testing on drugs, et cetera. So quite wide ranging, but uh, all towards our singular mission to enable our customers to make the world healthier, cleaner and safer. So that's us in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, level. That's a strong purpose there. And uh, I'm interested in uh, your employer brand strategy in general, you tie in that that purpose to attracting it and uh, retaining the right people? Yeah, so from an employer brand strategy perspective, it, it's essentially, I would say it's underpinned by our position and statement, which kind of connects all of what I just talked about. And yeah. it's, at Tim Fisher, it's not just a career, it's somewhere where you can realize your best personally and professionally. So that's our sort of position and statement. And how we activate that is through some key pillars through a culture of storytelling along similar lines of some of the topics I've touched on, whether it be in the ESG, CSR space, cancer research, climate change, you know, different spaces. Um, research, for example, our electron microscopes have been used and are used by Nobel Prize winners to do research and discover um, particular things in their research. So the innovation and technology is, you know, sort of weaving through the organization and we bring that through our true old colleague stories to tell our employer brand where you hear, like I said, you're going to see, achieve your best personally and professionally. So that's kind of sums up uh, our overall strategy and position and statement from, from an employer brand perspective. Amazing. Okay. So if we turn to, uh, to measuring, so when and how did you uh, start sort of measuring the, the results or the success or the impact of uh, employer brand over Thermo Fisher? I would say we 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 really started to measure from the beginning of our EB launch or uh, you know employer value proposition, but we have gotten more sophisticated over time, transitioning to a lot more sophisticated metrics such as career side conversion, social media engagement. We also look at data points from our internal EIS survey and and more. So we kind of connected that between external and internal to see what our internal audience is saying as well as external audiences because a lot of times organizations just look at what's happening externally but uh, one of your biggest advocates or champions is your own actual employees and given that we have over 100,000 employees globally that's a significant amount. So we do our annual survey internally and that sort of gives us a lot of insights in terms of areas we can focus on because one of the things we look at from an employer brand perspective, internal, internal mobility and all that space. So we look at employer brand holistically. So I would say we, we started to measure it a couple of years ago um, from inception, but we progressively gotten more data driven. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, we look at very specific data metrics around career side conversion and those sort of uh, areas, I would say, but also internal data from all internal survey and HR touch points. 
Right. So it sounds like you've uh, been on a measurement journey there. Where would you say that you are now in terms of maturity? So I would say, you know, we, we sort of started measuring in a structured way. I would say, let's say 2019, when we started working with, with Link Humans. And since then, if we look at the progress over time, many of the attributes that we focused on in our campaigns and editorial calendar, we can see improvements in those specific areas, whether it be DNI, workplace wellness, et cetera. So we've seen a sort of big jump in particularly in candidate conversations and engagement happening online. Those numbers have skyrocketed over the last few years, which sort of shows the evolution of the employer brand. Um, in terms of maturity, I would say we probably, uh, if I were to say one to 10, probably the seven to eight mark, I would say, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. But we definitely take a data-driven approach. So, for example, one of the other ways we look at measuring the employer brand or seeing the performance of the employer brand is, for example, awards. And when I say awards, not awards that we particularly participate in, but awards that we are listed independently on. So, for example, we recently named number seven on the Fortune 500 candidate experience list. It's a it's a kind of state of candidate experience report done by FINA manually, where they look at all Fortune 500 companies and we we had a 14% increase or improvement year on year on the candidate experience side. So we, we've started measuring, like I said, way back um in 2019 holistically, but we we look at different touch points to sort of drive our content calendar campaigns, uh, talent marketing, etc. Yeah, okay. Well I think um Kenzie, I think you're being a bit modest there. I, I know that uh, you being a, a, a scientific company you you take data very seriously and measurements. So I, I, I would probably give you one or two higher score there. Uh, you're doing really well. I was going to ask you. You mentioned about yes, yeah, so we we started uh, we partnered before uh, the pandemic. And have you seen any patterns or anything that's um, stood out to you, you know, from 2019 to let's say 2023? Any any obvious things that have happened? Yeah, um, some of the obvious things generally in the market, as you know, with around flexible working, remote yep. working, sort of those conversations around mental health, et cetera, all linked, or I should say fast track due to, you know, the pandemic, et cetera. So that's something we've definitely seen more importance on, albeit it's something that we've always um, had as a, you know, part of our talent acquisition strategy, even prior to COVID. You know, remote flexible working, it's an option for some colleagues at the organization. It's, it's been that way prior to COVID and the pandemic. So that's something we always had as part of our calendar strategy and something we offer, role dependent, of course. Um, another thing that we've seen particularly huge focus on and is something we personally are also invested in from a long-term strategy is ESG and CSR. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's something that, you know, can they want to work for company and organization where they feel there is an alignment with their own personal uh, cultural values, whether it be from an environmental perspective, community perspective, DNI, et cetera. So I think ESG and CSR is, is a space I think we've actually seen a lot of conversations happening, a lot of increasing conversations as it pertains to us particularly. So I would say those are some of the two key areas. And the third one I will say, it's been around quite a while, but it, it's that continued focus is candidate experience and sort of improving and moving the needle around that space where it's not necessarily candidates, um, what they can offer you, but also what the organization can offer in return. And it's sort of a two-way street, but it'd be down to the tactical approach of an actual interview, conversation, et cetera, application, you know, the full funnel on all different touch points. It's, you know, it's a two-way street and candidates are looking at, you know, 
all aspects because um, despite the current situation, it's still a very you know competitive talent space, I would say. Absolutely, yes. All right, and uh, you, you measure loads of different things. Are there any particular metrics that t- tend to get the most traction within your team, within talent acquisition, or even further yeah. beyond? Um, I would say our internal EIS, from an internal standpoint, that's something that it's taken very seriously and we do pay mm-hmm. a lot of attention to. So action items, action reports are done up as a result of those surveys annually to see how we can move the needle in those spaces, whether it be career progression or whatever the, you know, the issues or thing that's highlighted in these um, EIS surveys, we put action plan together and that's across the business outside of talent acquisition. So even from the CEO level, right down, it's something we take very seriously. There's action plans put in place to sort of move that score to where it needs to be and make make, make some tangible improvements. Externally, I would say probably the one that gets the most traction, I would say career side traffic visits and page views. Um, from the standpoint of, you know, returning visitors versus new visitors, for example, visits to particular pages that's not related to a job application. So uh-huh. you would always get a lot of traffic to pages as it pertains to job on someone applying. But one of the things that we look at, particularly from an employer brand perspective and not necessarily recruitment marketing, is page or content page visits. So and time spent on site by candidates. So that's something we look at quite closely, the number of time um, spent on site. And that's been increasing, you know, number of time candidates spend reading a blog, reading a particular content page, reading reading our culture page. Um, or stories, etc. So I would say traffic, but mostly traffic to content pages versus job necessarily from an employer brand perspective is probably the one that I would say gets gets more traction at this point in time. Okay, great. And uh, when you are reporting internally uh, about all these metrics, a who does it go to first? Is it up the ladder or is it sideways as well? And also, how do you go about presenting it? Is it internal, um, let's say, quarterly meetings, or do you send decks around or newsletters? Yeah, actually, all of the above. So quite a okay. about. So we have a wide ranging stakeholder group. So employer brand sit, sits within talent acquisition at Demo Fisher Scientific, and talent acquisition is wider. It's part of the wider talent platform, which makes up talent management and other areas. Um, and we sit on the HR as well. So I would say, from a reporting standpoint, we deliver that via QBRs. We also have internal newsletters. We also have tongue halls as well. That's the way some of these um, information is delivered. So we deliver it both to leadership and to, um, if you want to call it, a general population of colleagues as well in different forms. So depending on who the audience is, the, the presentation or information will be tweaked. But we do communicate out actively around employer brand. So, for example, talent acquisition leaders, that's an obvious one. HR, corporate communications as well. We do share information around that space because ESG, CSR, it's, you know, company-wide. It's not something specific to employer brand. Although yeah. it is part of employer brand, it's also part of your corporate brand. So we work closely with our corporate communications team, talent management. And importantly, our tier business partners. And the reason that I mention is that our tier business partners are the ones who work directly with the businesses, so not keeping the employer brand information within our team, but getting it to the actual business stakeholders. And they sort of give that information and transfer that to the different business groups um, that they work with. And we also usually include a sort of call to action or sort of how can you support? So to sort of the business takes ownership 
to see that, you know, employer brand is all of us. It's not the employer brand team only. All of us contribute to our employer brand. So we use resources and insights and sort of deliver that information to the business group. And we give them options for quick wins. Hey, your particular mm-hmm. business group can move the needle by doing X, Y, and Z, supporting engagement online or supporting leaving a review or you can you know supporting by submitting stories or encouraging colleagues to participate etc so that's one of the ways that we kind of get the information out of talent acquisition and employer brand and into the business via our business uh, partners great and um, which um, parts of the business would you say are most receptive to this uh, um, i'm thinking for our viewers here what if they want to do something similar who should they start talking to internally I would say talent acquisition is an obvious one because in, in yeah. many instances that's where employer brands sit. So I wouldn't I wouldn't count that one. That's an obvious one that you would obviously communicate to. I would say communications um, and PR. It's a good place to start. They're usually very receptive because it's one brand. Our employer brand and a corporate brand, it's the same. Um, a lot of times we we share content, reuse content, repurpose content, collaborate on content. Although the goals might not necessarily be exactly the same, and their focus might be particularly on the on the consumer side, you know, products and services, you know, customer could end up being a colleague, and a colleague could end up being a customer. So it's essentially it touches all all different touch points. So I would say corporate communication and PR is a is a good place to start, and also any team that looks after learning and development. Sometimes it sits mm-hmm. on the HR, some some it sits on the talent acquisition, sometimes it sits. Alone, but learning and development is something that definitely, uh, from a benefit standpoint, that you should sort of focus on. Today, usually some some of the most receptive groups, I would say, talent management and, and corporate communications. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, learning and development. We are increasingly doing work with uh, some of our clients around uh, L&D because we realize how much how much um, impact they can have when people take courses or they're being onboarded and and uh, employees are usually in a very good mood when they've finished a course or something. And that's maybe perhaps a good time to express sentiment on social media or review sites. So that's uh, brilliant. Um, one other thing which I um, I was going to ask is about, um, we've talked a lot about Thermo Fisher Scientifics, your internal data, external data points. How useful or interesting is it for you to look at competitors so both uh, business competitors and talent competitors is that something you're looking at or are you more focused on yourselves a bit of both we we definitely look at our competitors um, from the standpoint of benchmarking ourselves and also you know generally we are competing for the same talent to a large extent uh, with a lot of competitors so i would say we, we definitely look at competitive information and some areas more than others um, mm-hmm. where for example in the scientific space if you're looking at scientists chemists etc our competitors might be other pharma biotech companies but let's say you're looking at a digital or data science space it might be pharma and biotech companies but also your tech companies as well yeah. so yeah. It, it's quite wide ranging but it's, it's kind of dependent on the persona or the group we look into particular target or move the needle in that space. So we do look at competitive information as well. Great. Okay. And um, what would you say, how would you describe the, the impact of having data to support and, and drive the case for uh, employer brands sort of uh, inside the organization? Because I can imagine that there would be people inside your company who actually don't know what employer brand is. That, that tends to be the case uh, yeah. everywhere. 
So one of the one of the ways we we sort of have a seat at the table, as I mentioned earlier, is through our um, TA business partners. So they are usually present at leadership meetings with the wider business group for that particular function, whether it be um, you know R and D, um, commercial sales, etc. And so we always, we all work with those leaders to sort of get that information out there. But from a data standpoint, um, we use data to measure you know, our strengths, opportunities, weakness, to sort of govern our strategy. Um, so we're not looking at things in a vacuum to get a, a pulse on what resonates with the different audiences. So a good example that I can think of um, that we did in recent years was the business uh, particularly is growing and looking at data sciences um, and digital in that particular space. And that's a, a pretty ni- a niche sort of passive audience, generally speaking. So an example of how we, we use data was we looked at, you know, where conversations were happening with this particular audience and realized, hey, it's not happening on job boards. It's not actually happening in social media. One of the key places this conversation was happening was on Stack Overflow, as an example. So that data gave us the insight to actually optimize our channel strategy. So not just the EB messaging, et cetera, but even from a channel strategy perspective, and we started to invest in that platform, build our brand. We have a company page on Stack Overflow because that's where the conversation was happening. That's where that audience was. And we weren't able to get that information without the data. So that's a way of where data supported some decision-making and the business sort of drove that approach because the business was looking to, you know, attract data scientists, um, digital talent, and they came to us, hey, this is the issue we're trying to solve. We're not that particularly known in that space. You know, what should we be doing, uh, you know, et cetera. And one of the recommendations after looking at data was, hey, these guys aren't on the traditional places where we, you know, generally advertise but the other audiences, such as sales, which you generally find on LinkedIn, et cetera, um, these guys are generally passive. And they were having a lot of conversations on GitHub, Stack Overflow, et cetera. So that's one of the ways we, we use data to present that to the business. And they support it with giving us budget to invest in a package in Stack Overflow to kind of push forward our value proposition, which is you know tech with purpose, which is that what we you know sort of go to market with from, from a data science tech digital information technologies perspective. That's uh, that's really good example. Thanks for that. And uh, in terms of the uh, the future, what 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 does it hold for uh, for Thermo Fisher's employer brands in general, and specifically for measurement, will it evolve even further? Yeah, I would say a continued f- focus on DNI and early talent in particular which is something we have been focusing on and we have been able to have a lot of success and we've actually moved the needle quite a bit in recent years, particularly in the US. And it's something we're looking to further implement across the EMEA region and APAC with, of course, local local sensitivities and cultural considerations. But so I'll say DNI and early time, this is from an employer brand perspective, is an area we will continue to focus on. Um, we'll obviously continue to use data to sort of underpin our strategy of storytelling. We would continue to work more closely, as I mentioned before, with our corporate team and, and try to evolve that relationship to become even you know further aligned to make sure our ESG, CSR, and those sort of spaces where our colleagues are actively involved in is you know sort of brought out in terms of our employer brand strategy. Um, from a measurement standpoint, I think we'll continue to push towards getting even more granular with candidate experience in particular. And I know there's been a lot of chatter online with you know, artificial intelligence, et cetera, in terms of creation of content and writing in particular. But I think 
one area that people aren't looking at is particularly from the candidate experience perspective and AI potentially contributing to sort of measuring candidate experience sort of in real time, almost an automated AI version of, you know, sort of a heat map, which has historically been, you know, something that people use to measure sort of sentiments on site, et cetera. So I think candidate experience is one of the big areas um, we'll continue to measure and get a bit more granular in terms of that. And another area, considering, as mentioned before, we have over 100,000 colleagues and we continue to grow. Um, colleague advocacy is something we'll continue to focus on and how we can you know, measure that sort of earn media value. Because given the size of the population we have, if we can really get that strategy up and running in the way we would like it to and sort of leverage that, you know, that's a huge population of, of advocates you have out there to sort of promote your employer brand. So, so that's some of the areas I said we will we'll focus on from a measurement perspective and, and from a future perspective, early talent DNI, I said that's that's gonna be areas we'll continue to focus on for the uh, I would say short to medium, medium future. Amazing. Right. So Kenji, I'm gonna put you put you on the spot now. What are your top tips or one or two top tips for our uh, our viewers today you know where where, where should they start uh, their measurement journeys um that's a good one i will say um from a social media perspective it's sort of not necessarily looking at clicks impressions etc but more so you know where what to- what topics uh, people are talking about to start measuring mm-hmm. actual topics conversations teams etc so i think that's one thing that's sort of lost in the mix it's usually about impressions clicks etc which which is great but to get the results that you want you kind of have to narrow down that but with data but not data from the standpoint of numbers but in terms of topics teams what what the conversation is happening so that's one tip i would recommend people starting with also, one that's not often looked at in employer brand, but more so on the consumer side, is as I mentioned earlier, time spent on site. You know, the longer candidates spend on your site, the more chance that they have to sign up for a job recommendation, um, apply for a job, learn more about your culture, learn more for what your information. So, I would say if there's any way that anyone can has the ability to measure that in terms of time spent on site or time spent on a particular page, particularly content, not necessarily an application standpoint, which is the you know uh, bottom of the funnel. But even from the top of the funnel standpoint, um, from the content perspective, I would say time spent on site is something, uh, a good place to start. Amazing. All right. And Candy, how long have you worked in, uh, in this role in an employer brand now? Um, so I've been in with Tim Fisher for just over four years, and and prior to that was an agency side and employer brand as well. Um, so it's been about ages an employer brand, and previous <laughs> to that, I was in if you want to call it traditional marketing, which yeah. is skills and you know abilities and experience. It's, it's transferable. It's essentially the same. So I came from you know marketing, financial products and services to the people side. So I've been in marketing in general. Uh, for probably 15 years, I've studied at a university, two degrees in marketing as well. So that that's always sort of been my space, marketing, advertising, et cetera. And I've transitioned into employer brand about eight or nine years ago, and four of which have been with, with Turbo Fisher Scientific. Amazing. And what what is it that uh, makes this role or this job so special? I think for me... Um, particularly to my officials, the sort of global reach. So any given day, I can be working with, you know, the site in Nashville, 
um, you know, when they opened that site a couple of years ago, so a new site launch or working with a team in Singapore, working with a team in Lithuania or France. So with different cultures, different language considerations. So at any given day, albeit some of the acti activities are the same, the people are different, the approach, the channels, the market. So I would say variety is one of the things I enjoy most about the role at Tomo Fisher Scientific and also seeing the impact of what we do. You know, people um, enhancing, starting their career, um, continuing their career, but the impact our colleagues make, um, and it all connects back to our mission to enable our customers to make the world healthy, clean, and safer. So, for example, I recall during the pandemic when it was all hands on deck, let's put it that way, from the production of, you know, um, COVID tests, you know, which was required by governments all over the world, and the team, you know, really stepped up from talent acquisition side to help recruit those individuals that we needed to, you know, produce those tests. But also, so, you know, it, it, it brings me great joy to see, you know, folks and colleagues sort of contributing day-to-day -day in, in various things, you know, close to my heart. For example, we do work in um, the cancer space and, you know, I've lost family members, in, you know, over the years to that. So there's a direct correlation with, you know, your personal life and professional life in terms of a lot of things that we do. So that's, that's some of the things I enjoy quite a lot. Great. All right. Well, that is the end of our session. So uh, just to try to summarize here, like uh, Thermo Fisher, scientific company, takes measurement very seriously, as we can tell. And uh, you've evolved over time and become much more sophisticated. I'll put you up at eight or nine out of 10. And uh, I love the fact that you're partnering with the business to drive change and to improve things and lots in the pipeline for for the future and we're link humans we're fortunate enough to work with you for well since 2019 and we really treasure that relationship uh Kenzie, before we go where can our uh, audience where can our uh, viewers where can they connect with yourself if they want to follow up after this yeah, you can you can find me on LinkedIn in particular, which is the main platform that you'll find me on. So it's it's Kenty Um so that's K-E-N-T-Y B-R-U-M-A-N-T. And yeah, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Always looking to connect with other folks in the employer brand recruitment marketing, color marketing space. Okay, folks, there we have it. Be sure to reach out to Kenty on social and other places and thank him ever so much for sharing his insights with us today. And if you are interested in measuring employer brand, just like Thermo Fisher are doing really well, then be sure to check out the Link Humans Index. Uh, it's at linkhumans.com or feel free to get in touch with me and I'll tell you all about it. Finally, to subscribe to this podcast or to find our show notes, then uh, head on over to employerbrandingpodcast.com. That is it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and catch you next time. Hey, you know.